Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to J&J Radio. I'm Jonathan Harper along with Jason Gibbons, my guy from way, way, way back in the day in Long Beach, in the form of Long Beach Poly. Shout out to the Jackrabbits. Jason, we got a great show uh, on tap today. We're going to talk about an NBA trade that just came down. We're going to talk about the NBA defending champions. Well, not actually the defending champions. We're going to talk about the current champions uh, that reside in the, the mountain region. And then we're going to talk about some uh, some shifting teams that might be trying to join the Pac-12. So uh, let's get started with the trade that just came down. So it looks like the Grizzlies have acquired Marcus Smart from the Celtics in a three-team deal that will send Christoph Porzingis and Tyus Jones to the Boston Celtics, I believe. Uh, I wonder if anything else is going to break while we're recording our show. But what are your first initial... Well, first, how's it going? And then what are your first initial thoughts on that trade? Yeah, so uh, I had been following this news. The trade looked a little different. And the reports earlier today was that Mel- Malcolm Brogdon was going to be involved going to the Clippers. And uh, Morris uh, was going to be going to the Wizards, which I made me think, okay, the Wizards are completely <laughs> blowing you know, it up. Yeah, they're going into tank mode. You got <laughs> Kuzma exited. Beal exited. You can get rid of Porzingis. We don't want any expectations for this team to win any games next year. And they uh, traded. They traded Bradley Beal for some insoles and some popcorn. Yeah, just considering he's like a, a Eastern Conference All Star. They literally traded him for picks, and then they got Chris Paul, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't really want you, so you can go ahead and do what you want." Yes. So um, I I thought that uh, that trade was going to go down. It changed a little bit, and I was really shocked to see. Morris land in the trade. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Smart. To see Smart land in the trade, Smart's a critical part of everything that the uh, Boston Celtics did last year. Yeah, and so um, as as much as I complained about them not <laughs> not getting the ball to the right player at the right time, and, and Smart being involved in some of that, I was shocked to see him included in the trade because I thought that their core of Smart, Tatum. Uh, Jalen Brown, Brown. Yep. Um, with a little bit older. Um, a little? You're talking about Horford? Horford, yeah. So you mean old? Getting, getting old, <laughs> even older, a little older, a year older. But you take that core of those four and throw in Porzingis, right? That makes the team a little bit better. Now you bring in Porzingis, who I would say is a better overall player when healthy than Marcus Smart. But he there's some intangible value, right, that Marcus Smart provided that you lose. So I don't know now. I have to really sit and think of whether or not the team overall is better um, having lost their starting point guard. They definitely lost they, their and, player. And they're, they're, like you said, their starting point guard, their quote-unquote facilitator, their toughness, their grit guy, their glue guy. And they also lost – wasn't he like the defensive player of the year, either yeah, this year or last year? The previous yeah. season, yeah. Yeah. So that I think that's a, a, a big loss. So I, and who, I wonder who they're going to bring in to run the show because – um, Malcolm Brogdon was cool, but I don't know if you're going to give him the keys to the Lambo and tell him, take us home. Well, it was the first year of uh, coming back off the injury, right? So a right. lot of times for these players, the second year off injury are a lot better. Um, and Malcolm Brogdon was a really good option there as a sixth man. So Yeah, I think they'll probably happen. pick up somebody in the free agency market. Uh, maybe even Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul will be a good fit in Boston as a facilitator. We don't need you to play 82 games. Just try to get, get to 50 and try to be healthy. Oh, there's no way. Time. You, like, there's no way. 
I think there's not enough money. <laughs> no, no, it's not the money wise. Like even for free, you don't you don't bring Chris Paul's personality into that team. Uh, Porzingis, Jalen Brown, and, and and Tatum. You don't his personality is too grating. You don't think he could get them over the top? He's only got what maybe three years left. Maybe you can't get him over the top like from the bench, right? <laughs> or from the training room, right? Do we believe he would be healthy at the time when it counted anyway? Well, I feel like if, maybe if you limit his minutes and you limit his games, like the goal is not eighty two, Chris. We're going to bring you in. We're going to let you shoot your commercials, you know, here and there, <laughs> and we just need you healthy for fifty games. Can you give us fifty? With with those tires yeah, and that old me, Chevy last, he'll give you fifty games, but they'll be between September and February. <laughs> That's the issue. So you're okay, gotcha. So what do you think this trade does for the Grizzlies, though? I feel like it gives them an adult in the room because at times, like you said before, we came on air, the Grizzlies came across as like some young punk knuckleheads. So I feel like this might give them a a, a steadying, I guess you would say steadying voice in the room mm-hmm. since Ja's going to be gone for how many games? A fourth of the season, 25, right? 30? Yeah. yeah, 25 games, something like that. Yeah. And then you got um, Adams coming back, right? So he adds a lot of maturity to their team, uh, yeah. which is something that they might have lacked. And for the last, what, three years, I feel like Gri- the Grizzlies have been like the team that's this year is about to be their year, but it's been this year for the last three years and they never really got over the hump. So yeah, I feel like so you can't just keep to... bringing the team back, right? Like, <laughs> like this year is supposed to be their year. You got to actually make some critical moves, right? Like Denver did, right? Like in the bubble, everyone's like, "Oh, Denver's good," but you know, this is going to be the year, and then they have an injury, and this year's going to be their year, and they weren't quite ready. So they brought in Aaron Gordon, right? Like they they brought in KCP. They made changes to to make incremental improvements to get them over the hump. And Agreed. the Grizzlies, if they want to get better, will have to do that, right? And um, this is potentially one way that they do it. I agree. When Ja I agree. does come back, you still have you have everything that Ja gives you, plus the defense and leadership of Marcus Smart. Agreed. You guys are currently listening to J and J Radio. I'm Jonathan Harper, along with Jason Givens. We're the fastest growing sports sports broadcast on the web. You can find us on all major platforms. Jay, since we're talking about basketball, let's pivot to San Diego State uh, leaving the Mountain West. What do you think? Since you know you went to San Diego State, so I feel like you got some Aztec in your blood. What do you think about that move leaving, um, you know, going somewhere else in San Diego? It's a very interesting dynamic, I think, for for them. Uh, they're a Division One school, but the level of competition in the Mountain West, I think we'll all agree, is not as good as the level of competition potentially in the Pac-12, which was um, where rumors have them going. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe it becomes different now that they're in the bigger Power Five conference that they start acquiring or attracting different kinds of talent, different kinds of coaches. But um, this is uh, what I think is a, a impact from UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 is it's creating a vacuum, right? So these schools are not just affecting themselves when they leave, and and of course their students, their student athletes, and the student body, but they're um, creating a vacuum. Now, this conference wants to scramble and stay 12 teams big and not go back to being the Pac-10, so it's looking <laughs> for these other teams. And so they, they see San Diego State, they bring them in. Now the Mountain West has to find a team somewhere, right? And they bring in another team. And you just you see all these uh, all these ripples from that, ori- that original action of 
of uh, the two, probably the two most popular teams in the Pac-12. Well, really. For sure. No probably on the West Coast, Coast really, let alone the Pac-12, just the Western part of the country, UCLA and USC. But I do, I did read that, uh, so I guess the timing is a big issue with San Diego State leaving their conference because if they leave now, I guess they'll um, owe Some... 16.5 versus $34 million. So they're trying to leave sooner than later. And like you said, they're trying to explore a lot of different avenues and options. They haven't necessarily committed to the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 still has that nasty TV deal. So they're trying to get their new TV deal done by the, by June 30th, according to sources. Uh, and that's one of the major reasons why the Pac-12 is kind of falling apart at the seams now because that that god-awful TV deal they got locked into compared to like the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC. It's just a terrible deal. Uh, a lot of teams weren't getting a lot of money from it, and it was just a lack of exposure. Like, for instance, we live in L.A. and can't even watch Pac-12 Network unless you have a specific provider. So they really dropped the ball um, on that TV deal, and as a result, <laughs> what's UCLA... Up with these, what's up with all these L.A. teams getting TV deals that don't let them be on TV? Exactly. What's Dodgers. Who are the Dodgers? Uh, Lakers. Lakers, Pac-12. Like, let's get it together. Can we watch TV for our home teams at home? Shout out to KCAL 9 back in the day showing the Laker games for free on, <laughs> for on, free on, on local TV. TV. Yeah, so here's a dynamic that people have to realize, too, about sports blackouts and... Uh, and game attendance and a lot of cities, especially like with NFL blackouts and stuff, they need people to attend the games in order, you know, kind of support the team. And so they would black, black games out if, if games didn't sell out. Um, in LA, the games sell out because there's 8 million people in Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. and there's like 60 or 70,000 seats in the one of the, in the bigger arenas. So it's not like people who wanted to go to the games could go to games, you know, because there's a there's not just not enough seats to go around. So yeah, it's not like Jacksonville where there's tarps at the top of the stadium. It's not that type of party. They just don't show them because they have a, a specific deal with a specific provider, which it hurts the people who actually live here, like you said. Yeah, because but, you live in L.A. and it's the summertime or even in the fall when football comes on is you can't watch the game, which the Rams don't have this problem. Uh, their games are broadcast. But if there's an NBA game or a baseball game you want to watch, you can't. You just go to the beach. Or go to right. the mountains and go skiing or snorkeling or hiking because we have everything in Southern California. So you can't <laughs> really force people into watching the game. There's too many options, um, which is true of all the sports. Is why it's so competitive. They, so You better be good because uh, if you stink, yeah, you be good. you're really not going to get watched. Because <laughs> of short attention spans from a, a city full of transplants and, uh, and, and local residents who just have too many options. Exactly. Two football teams, two basketball teams, two baseball teams, two college teams, right? To watch two hockey teams, like, and I'm not talking like a minor league, major league, right? We have two major league teams in every sport. One's not good. We just watch the other one. Exactly. And there's a bunch of different colleges, like you said, UCLA, USC, San Diego State, Long Beach State. There's a bunch of schools all over the place with the UC system. But one other note before we uh, before we pivot off off of basketball once again, Chris Middleton also declined his forty million dollar option to become a free agent. So we got some somebody... declinations. We got Middleton declining, Kuzma declining. We <laughs> Declination, got, uh... ding! What a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, who uh, we got Draymond? Kuzma, declining. Draymond. Yeah, yep. these players opting out of these guaranteed contracts, trying to re up 
Um, that lets you know so, that they know something is on the table because if it's not, then you just boo boo the fool. And I, I gotta pray for you. Yeah, especially, for, especially like you understand Draymond right at that age where you know maybe I can get less per year, but I need to lock up more years as I'm starting right. to decline. But like for Chris Middleton, um, you know who's been an All Star and a good player, but has had some injury issues. Like it's mm-hmm. a good idea. But Kuzma's young, right? Yes, he, he was gonna get another deal, but he. Um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Beal and he was played out, well, Beal though, too. Out. I think he had a career high on uh, points and minutes this year. So he he's he like, I'm trying to cash year. in. Yeah, he was hooping. Nobody saw it because he was in the basement, <laughs> a.k.a. the purgatory for the NBA, <laughs> the Washington Wizards. But he did have a good year. But uh, speaking of the NBA, so what do you think about the world champion Denver Nuggets? Denver Nuggets are fantastic. Oh, they got – uh, Brown, who's about to opt out. <laughs> yeah, who's a client of his, his money. So the Nuggets actually made a trade. Um, they traded Christian Braun, uh, Christian Brown, B R A U N, uh, pronounced Brown. Uh, he's actually um leaving the team, and uh, he had some key moments. You know, he was cr- critical to the team in some of their wins. But I think that the team saw that they're probably not going to be able to keep Bruce Brown. And yeah. um, like you they, said, he declined the $6.8 million option to become a free agent, as yeah. he should. Yeah, yeah he, he he had a moment to shine in the playoffs. And so um, – Capitalize on it. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. So, you know, he's opted out. So, they're not going to get Brown. So, they trade the other Brown, B-R-A-U-N Brown, um, and pick up another couple of draft picks in the first round. Uh, or, or late first round, early second round, I think. Um, which is interesting, right? That, that, that speaks to – what the he got his ring. After they won the money. championship, they're not yeah. done, right? Exactly. They're, yeah, so they're not going to be satisfied. They're they're still trying to um, tweak and kind of stay on top um, yep. as the offseason comes. But the, the Nuggets, barring injury, I, I don't see anyone really getting better than them in the in the West because their yeah. best player is the best player in the NBA. Exactly, and their team was deep. They were stacked. I feel like they all played well together. Uh, their coach was definitely not satisfied with one victory. You know, that New Yorker came out at him. He's like, y'all going to respect me. And he was talking his, you know what, <laughs> at the uh, championship parade. I love when coaches let their hair down a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny it. the things that bother people, right? <laughs> so he's he's bothered by the attention that the Lakers were getting when they beat them um, and, like, shocked. Like, why are you guys talking about the Lakers and not talking about us? Because you guys have never won a title ever. Ever. In the the winningest of your franchise ever. Right? <laughs> From the second biggest city in the United States. That's why they're getting talked about. <laughs> exactly. But like you said, they had a hell of a run. Uh, they probably had one of the most dominant runs since maybe the Kobe Shaq Lakers. You know, that team that won. They, they only lost, lost one game in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah because, I mean, they, they pretty much, they lost a few games, but. They pretty much did their thing, and uh, they won every series easily. Exactly, they were never on the brink of anything except for winning. And like yeah. you said, their core is coming back. Their core is young. Their core is big. They're athletic. It's going to be a tall task for anybody, let alone the West, uh, to beat them four out of seven games next year if they're healthy with the same team. Yeah, you're going to need so. I know Phoenix is trying to do what they Phoenix, can, but Phoenix Phoenix was too small, didn't play good enough defense. So they're like, uh, let's get smaller. So they got yeah. smaller and 
more offense because that's, <laughs> that seems like a great plan yeah. exactly yeah but and then i don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna i guess you would say piecemeal their bench together i guess you know that's the mark of a good gm if you can get you a bunch of play all these guys 40 something minutes uh <laughs> run them into all the ground everyone will be healthy the whole season right. <laughs> exactly. so they'll all be fresh in the playoffs um yeah, the, this whole Ashiba blowing up the team that was in the finals two years ago is just crazy to me. Um, and, I understand the Chris Paul piece, but then you're like, you know, get the coach out of there, right? You know, and like, I'm pull just the like, team up, pick a ring in. Uh, Isaiah to be the de facto GM that kind of makes moves without the title. Right, like you haven't seen his record? It's not Isaiah good. Thomas. Yeah, yes. exactly. He's not great. Yeah, so um, we're talking about him as a, as a, as a team executive, not as a player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Kevin Durant now with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. You realize he's played with Bradley, now he'll be with Bradley Beal, but with Devin Booker, uh, with James Harden, two different teams, with Kyrie Irving, with Russell Westbrook, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Uh, he's had quite a lot of... I feel like he's uh, had the best teammates, teammates in the history of the NBA for one player. Yeah, yeah, the, the like, in terms of volume, right? Yeah, like the, the, not the best, like one person as your teammate, like Kobe or Shaq, and like was that like three? That's three and, MVPs. Yeah, he's had three separate MVPs: Steph Harden on his team and, and Curry. Uh, Curry. Yeah, yeah, well, and then he's Steph been MVP Harden. himself. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and Westbrook. Westbrook, yeah, Steph Harden, yeah. Westbrook, yeah, yeah, and so, and and all and with all of that, right. He's won two titles yep. with a team that won the title before he got there, and they won the title after he left. And <laughs> you can just play back the tapes of the last ten years of me talking about Kevin Durant <laughs> if you don't get the point of what I'm trying to make that. You know. So you're saying he's great, but he might be a little overrated in the Statman book. Yeah, he's great, but he doesn't seem to be the catalyst that yeah. like gets a team over the top. I heard somebody reason, say he's right? the because best plug-and-play player ever. You can plug him in. and His skill set works offense. in every system. If you yeah. want him to stand still and hit jumpers, he's great. If you want him to ISO, he's great. If you want him to come off screens, he's great. And he and doesn't pound stuff. the ball. He doesn't pound he, the he air out of the ball. He doesn't pound the ball. And yeah. defense and all that stuff. But the personality characteristics that that get more out of your teammates – it's not just about how good you are individually. Like, like everyone's, everyone knows Steph's the best basketball player on uh, on the Warriors at Warriors, the time. But but you don't think, but people often say, well, Draymond Green is their leader, right? Right. Like Marcus Smart was a leader on the Celtics, maybe when he even shouldn't have been, but uh, <laughs> even though he wasn't the best player, there, there's right. a there's a dynamic that goes along with that. And you look at some of these Kevin Durant teams. And I don't think on any of those teams I've ever thought he's the leader when I've always thought he's been the best player. I just don't think he – well, I, I don't know him personally, but it, he doesn't come across as very demonstrative and somebody who wants to, like, say, like, get on my back and follow me. He just wants to hoop. So he right, which is really, fine, yeah. which is fine, but I think that that's a – so I, I, I don't fault him for not being the leader. But to me, if you're going to say someone's the best player, mm-hmm. like – leadership on the court also is part of best, right? Right. That's like fair. That, 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 that's a characteristic that contributes to your team's success. 
Again, you guys are currently listening to J&J Radio. I'm Jonathan Harper along with Jason Given, Statman and the Hammer. We're the fastest growing sports podcast on the web. You can find us on all your major platforms. Now, before we get out of here, Jay, where do you want to see Kyrie Irving land? Do you want to see him in a Laker uniform? I kind of want to see him in like <laughs> more Uncle Drew commercials. Like, I just want to see him play basketball. I don't want to see him influence a basketball team in the NBA. <laughs> you just want him to just do a bunch of drills and just play like Catch uh, part at Kyrie part Irving Instagram. Instagram yeah, videos. <laughs> yeah. Just make a series of Uncle Drew uh, movies. I, so wherever, he, wherever he lands, he needs to be somewhere where there's a strong team dynamic, a strong mm-hmm. um, team culture, and a leader. Like a strong coaching personality and a, and a player on the court, that's a de facto leader. That's going to be like, we're not going to have any, or we're, we're going to need to keep you in line, like with what our goals are, right? Mm-hmm. And any of these distractions, um, that you know, if you're going to be about that stuff, you got to, you know, just don't come. We'll trade you for someone else if you want to go off and do your own thing, <laughs> he's which he's entitled a, to do. For sure, he's kind of a free bird. I feel like he would. He would be great if he did the Darrell Revis thing towards the end of his career where I signed a bunch of one-year deals for a bunch of money. Like every year I'll sign $40 million if I could. But, <laughs> but I don't think he wants that type of action. He wants to get like the long-term deal with the guaranteed money, which is smart. But if he bet on himself and just decided to, you know, give me the most money each year, I think that would be cool to see. But I, I don't know who's going to give him uh, a long-term deal because it's kind of mercurial and he kind of like rubs people the wrong way a lot of different places. So so nobody, nobody's questions his ability. It's so, just his someone, other stuff. So so I have a friend, or we have a friend who, who says this about NBA players, and I think this is true of Kyrie Irving, um, and fans don't like this. He treats the game, he treats his job in the NBA like it's a job. <laughs> and like we have jobs, right, where you want to take personal time PTO off, to go to your sister's birthday party. Yeah. Right. And he's like, it's my job. Right. But it's a job that affords you the whole summer off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and travel and all this stuff. It's not, you travel not first class, job. you stay first class, uh, hotels, you eat first class meals, you live an amazing life. So yes, it's a job, but it's, it's a little bit above our other, the other jobs that you compare yeah, to. It's right. It's a different, it's a job, but it's different. Like the, the requirements of it are different. It's a contract position, right? Like I have on my team, people who are contractors, right? They are contracted for a certain amount of time and they don't get PTO, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's part of the, it's part of the deal that they signed up for. Um, and but he takes like sub deals. Like I'm sorry, he'll he'll be like, yeah, I know I signed up for this, but I really feel like going to my sister's birthday party for the weekend. So uh, I'll see you guys when you get back on the road trip. Yeah. Or why do I have to? Why do I have to conform to these rules? Right. Because these are the rules of our association. Right. Like it's not that uh, big a deal. Yeah, you're you're welcome to go. Like you said, make a bunch of Uncle Drew commercials and never play in the NBA again. But if you want to play here, these are some of the rules. Like that's generally how. A job works. Yeah. So, to, so all that to say, I don't know if there's a team right now. Who Apparently, uh, Dallas wants to pay him a bunch of money, right? But I don't know how that's going to work. Him and Luca, neither one of them play power. defense. Him and Luca play the same position. 
No, the same person doesn't work. Yeah, not the same person. I'm sorry. I mean, but they're both is, ball dominant and play zero defense. Yeah, point guards that don't play a lot of defense. Luca is <laughs> bigger, stronger, gets more rebounds, more assists, um, and scores about the same efficiency. Um, even though he's not as good a three point shooter, but they they have two players, two great players at that position, and they need Luca. They need an offset position. They need, you know. They, they tried that with Kristaps Porzingis, but it clearly didn't work. But we'll see. He was what never there. Kristaps <laughs> so was never healthy. He was never there. But I mean, um, it worked well. The previous at least year. Dallas is making wing players and defenders. But Dallas, yeah, Mark Cuban swings. is not. He's They're not shy. He'll, he'll take swings, and yeah. he knows that eventually they could pay off because he's won the championship. Exactly. Exactly. But again, thanks for everybody for listening. This is J and J Radio. Jonathan Harper along with Jason Gibbons. Jay, you want to add anything before we take off? No, it's the. It's the season between the seasons, right? The off seasons. NFL, you got trades happening and players holding out and coming to work. Yep. And uh you got baseball and it's in its full summer glory. You got the uh, WNBA cracking right now. Yeah. You got on. uh Formula One. Shout out to F one and Formula One on that amazing Netflix doc. Uh docuseries rather. So yeah. And then we got live. <laughs> live and PGA. Uh Kissing and make it up. So that's good to see. Not that too many people care about golf, but for the five of you who do, now you get your best players in the same place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No more. You're not, you're not having to split your attention anymore. Um, it's interesting. So there's plenty of sports to go around this summer. Um, and then you got uh, Sonny Michelle coming back to the Rams. I know you're excited about that, but I don't know about the Rams, Jay. It yeah, doesn't so look I, like it. Well, I'd, I'd rather have. Uh, Whitmore coming back. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Michelle, they need offensive line help. They do. They do. But again, thanks everybody for listening to J&J Radio. Until next time, tell everybody you know to subscribe, click the like button, all the all the things involving our podcast because they can be it can be found on all your major platforms. So again, Jonathan Harper and Jason Gibbons. Until next time, take care. Stay well. <laughs>